1: So, thank you very much. Go check out the site, strengthguild.com. Scroll down to
0: Iron Radio Collections and support the show. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and sports nutrition professor of about 20 years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder.
1: This is Phil Stevens, a power lifter, strength coach, and I'm fresh out of the mountains. So, I was gone for a couple weeks.
2: Nice. you smell mountain fresh now? I, I do. I do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Dr. Mike T. Nelson, uh, professor at the Kerrig Institute and created a Flex Diet CERT, a bunch of other stuff, and uh, I'm still at home, which is amazing. I'm almost on a new record, getting close.
0: Hey, Yeah, it's been a good time of year for that,
2: you know. Yeah. Try to stay at home at least a little. Um, oh, in
0: fact, a couple of announcements here for listeners. Uh, if you are a longtime listener or recent, um, I've got some... Audio gifts for you. So, I, I was talking about this the other day about how how often, you know, a bank or somewhere new, they'll try to entice you with a gift if you're new. And I always thought that was a little backwards. What about people who are long time strong supporters, you know? So, mm-hmm. if you just send me an email, it's lawnman7 at hotmail.com, um, or you could do it through ironradio.org. You can get a hold of Fortress, and he still dutifully sends me everything. You know, he's alive. Um, (laughs) (laughs) could have fooled me (laughs) right i know for sure um but the point being is um simply email me and i'll send you back links that nobody else really gets or i'll send you back a way to cash in on this and so there's different information products that are topical um and i'll give you all of them there's three of them actually and i think maybe one listener maybe two has sort of asked about this so i thought Anybody who's interested, um, you know, simply ask, and it'll be a a little thank you um, for that. Uh, The other thing I just wanted to touch on quickly is there's been quite a bit of subscriber and donor activity this fall, both coming and going. And sometimes I'm such a curmudgeon, or Phil will say something offensive online, (laughs) and then somebody, like, you know, uh, unsubscribes. Now, it may not be that at all, right? I've had people that I actually thanked. About hey, thanks for supporting the show while well, you could and they're like, "Oh, you know thanks, man, yeah, I just I had to start saving money for x, y, z great that's fine, so I, my point of all this is iron radio is always free, right? whether you come, you go, you support us, or you don't it's free um that's kind of the point, really, mm. uh compared to a lot of other fitness uh setups, so just a way to give back, you know we're all we're old enough to, you know, this is not our first rodeo, and and we can save some people time and and grief, you know, just by talking shop and doing news and having guests, so. Yeah. But that's the uh, the announcements. Phil, do you want to share anything about your, your trip? I mean, that must have been a, a great boon to your recovery and everything else. Oh, yeah, aside from sitting in a car so, so
1: much. But we were in eight states in ten days, so... Um, a lot of driving. But uh yeah, no, I had a blast. I did a lot of like hiking around the mountains, a lot of sledding, a lot of uh took the kids snowboarding and then just relaxing. I became the, the uh two thousand nineteen ping pong champion of West Yellowstone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I beat all the
1: kids. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, no, it was just mainly just relaxing and I I didn't I think I posted two things on Facebook the whole ten days. And yeah, uh, yeah, good. people know, we're, so I totally detached from the devices and everything. I took three pictures. It was like, I'm not even taking pictures. I'm just remembering this stuff. So, yeah, uh, no, it was great. It was much needed. So it's good to be back. But
0: yeah, right on. Not I mean not to sound one dimensional, but I think that was almost ideal for like recovery for your lifting and stuff, right? Oh, because yeah. Yeah, it's no, activity. It's you didn't just sit in a bed, you know,
1: no, no, uh, no, my son would not allow that. <laughs>
0: so. <laughs> there you go when you said so many states in so many days i'm thinking that's that's how mike lives most of the year <laughs> yeah i know i know yeah. <laughs> planes trains and automobiles yeah. yes
2: that's true i was actually at home and cleaning the garage so i get a freezer today finally to do a uh, cold water immersion so i'm going to fill it with water and sit in it and see what happens
1: you like, you're such can't a scientist just like, can't you just go outside and like sit in the snow
2: I've been doing that too. Oh, okay. The name started texting us like that. Um, is it all right? Make sure he doesn't go out when it's really cold out. This is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> just experimenting all the time, you know. Because uh, I go sit outside with just a T-shirt on after I got yeah. done lifting for five to ten minutes just yeah. to meditate outside. So, but, yeah, that gets a little chilly when it gets colder here. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Hey, uh, I got a dumbbell rack for Christmas, so that was exciting for me. Oh, nice. So, That's cool. Uh it's actually, you know, it's highly rated. It's, it's real heavy duty. It's not huge, right, because I don't need something huge. But, um, yeah, it sort of makes my basement set up because I really just have some uprights for the most part. And it just makes the whole thing look more official, <laughs> I guess.
2: When you, you have dumbbells to go in it, I assume, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, at home, I, because I have a gym membership, my home stuff is just for when I, either I don't feel like going to the gym or I can't or whatever. Yeah. So I have, like – I think I have, like – 20-pound increments, like 20s, 40s, 60s, you know, dumbbells set up like that.
2: Uh, that's not bad. Uh,
0: and I just started fleshing out the interim 10-pound increments. So I just got a pair of 30-pound dumbbells. You know, cause sometimes there are some things like lateral raises or something. You, you, you just don't want to grab a pair of 40s or 60s. I, I mean, I'm not doing full range of motion laterals <laughs> with 40-pound dumbbells. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so that was cool. Oh, and, you know, I actually uh, – just a possible heads up in case – Uh, he's listening, but there's been a development in Northeast Ohio, which I think is sort of interesting. Um, I went up and I talked to Dean Caputo, who is a former, uh, God, he was a national competitor in the spotlight for the longest time, sort of local hero, really, because he was a national spotlight, like, you know, bodybuilding competitor who eventually turned pro. Uh, I think I would argue he did most of his influence on the national stage. I mean, we had Bob Ciccarello on, ages ago and he was sort of like sort of like that kind of um high caliber but did most of the influence i I would argue actually in the npc right not the ifbb Uh, but he's opening a new powerhouse gym in the area right down the street from his old one and it's just interesting because a lot of the old time guys hardcore guys will come back and uh he's got it actually separated from he's got hammer for the gen pop people uh, and then you know so the the large bearded, bearded off-season guys don't intimidate <laughs> the the normies. <laughs> He's got a wall between them kind of, you know. It's just sort of interesting how it's getting set up. So uh, we'll try to get him on the show, uh, talk about old days and new. He had some interesting comments about how women are getting so involved in as far as hardcore lifting and that kind of stuff, whereas before you wouldn't see women in a lot of hardcore gyms. Maybe think about what Phil, you know, so many of his uh, members are now women, uh, yep. stuff like that. Okay. Uh, So everybody, we have a a light show. We're not going to do news or anything. I've got some predictive news, like what's coming down the pike. We can share that next week. I just want to do a 2020 prediction quickfire. Longtime listeners know that sometimes we will do these where I give either or uh, questions to the guys, and we just kind of then let those be seeds for conversation. So that's what we're going to do after a couple of these. I think we'll go through about five of these, then we'll go to the mid-show break, then we'll do uh, five more. So the, the first set here of our uh, 2020 prediction quick-fire questions, uh, is it more on the fitness industry? So, Phil, let's start with you. Uh, I know you've been away from it for a while, so fresh perspective. Um, so Gen Pop, the general population, weights or cardio? Uh, as far as trends and coming down the pike, what do you think oh, well,
1: I would like to say weight I would like to say weight, but no, it 's still going to be cardio. Cardio is always going to win now I mean you can that 's very evident by like going to a Spartan race, and there 's twenty thousand people doing it, yes. versus like a meet where there 's one hundred and sixty so uh, weights would have to make up a lot of ground to become even close, but I think it 's on an upward trend still. Yeah, It's becoming more popular, but as far as, like, which one's going to win out, of course, cardio is. Yeah. Just...
0: <clears throat> the Spartan thing influenced me, too. And you know, there was that Velotron. No, uh, Peloton. Um, yeah. The Velotron's the lab bike. <laughs> yep. the, the Peloton, <laughs> like, controversy and so much of the exercise thing about, like, tech-modified, you know, cardio equipment. Yep. Uh, so yep. that's the stuff that seems to get the national news. It's not going to be my new 30-pound hex dumbbells. <laughs> no nope. you know, kind of thing. Uh, Mike, what about you as far as trends? You think resistance and weights or cardio? Um...
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to say weights, and I, th- I think it's gotten better, and I'd probably credit CrossFit for most of that over the past five to ten years. But, I mean, you go to, like, to a brand-new gym, and I always look at, okay, what did they invest in equipment? And cardio you know, equipment, treadmills, that kind of stuff, they're expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, not that, you know, you know lifting equipment is cheap either but you walk in and you're just like row after row after row of treadmills like Mm -hmm. uh, yeah like at least get some rowers or something (laughs) or something else but i don't know so i think based on that and yeah i'd say probably still cardio and i even hate to call it cardio because it's just people in there doing the exact same thing every day on a treadmill yes right Mm -hmm. yeah
0: i used to think that when i was competing too i would do more of a You know, like the morning fasted walk and stuff like that just to try to keep my body weight under control or whatever. And that's not cardio per se. I mean everything is cardio in a sense, right? But when I think about like intensity, that wasn't the point at all. It was just sort of active recovery and a little bit of fat burning, you know, but um, –
1: Stagnant locomotion.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) walk to nowhere that's right yeah seems like an oxymoron but it's sort of the point yeah
2: and i have this whole thing where i think that being on a treadmill causes your body some little bit of neurologic confusion so to speak because your joints and all your proprioception is saying hey we're moving and then your visual system's like no we're not dumbass. we're in the same spot we were before and when you do that with gait i think it's it's kind of does funny stuff like just watch anyone who's been on a treadmill for a while like the first couple steps they take getting off the treadmill they looked like they had a few too many to drink where yeah i think a rower or a bike or something like that is is so different from gate that you probably don't have to worry about any of that type of weird interference but that's just one of my weird pet peeves
0: yeah as people merge with technology in so many ways it there is some weirdness and i agree i mean think about like in cardiac rehab uh when i was out in san diego you'd get people on the treadmill who've never been on one and they, they yeah. do the lawnmower push, you know, they get yeah. on it and they're it, – it's very – it's actually very weird until you tell your body, no, I'm kind of tricking you, right? It, it feels like gait, but like you said,
2: visual perception, it's not and yeah, kind of yeah. weird. We don't need as much glute max hamstring. We'll just stand here and let our leg get dragged into extension. Who cares? Exactly. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, so I tell you what people need to do is go find some hip, deep snow and go walk through it. Holy crap, that's a workout. I oh, was totally. that With My son.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking from experience right yeah uh no doubt uh, actually you know i was actually i was talking to my son the other day about how now this i don't mean like annual trend but like decade-long trend one of the things that sometimes i actually lament there's pros and cons of course is how weights used to be a brotherhood whether it was powerlifting. Or bodybuilding, and people knew each other. Like there was sort of a well-kept secret, you know how awesome it was. And when resistance training bled into the Gen Pop to the such an extent, it is you get you know sort of the that's where the gym bros came from, right? It it wasn't the hardcore people who most of them were aspiring to compete or admiring competitors. It seemed more athletic in a way, whereas now it's just to. To have biceps for so you can go clubbing and look good, you know, and that's not bad. Like, there's some good things yeah. about that. But I also lament the good old days where somehow it seemed more serious um, I, I, or driven by a sense of purpose. Like Tom Platts would talk about a calling, you know, kind of thing. And I don't know.
2: So, yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I even think back to when I was doing my uh, master's and postgrad stuff at Michigan Tech, which was back in the 90s the the general weight room for the non-athletes at the college was just pretty pitiful. <laughs> yes. Yep. So luckily, a bunch of hardcore lifters rented out a place from the university, actually, in the bottom of one of the dormitories. And they paid the university, I don't know what it was, for rent. And they charged people $15 a quarter. You know, pretty, very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. But it was just enough that you only had people who were pretty serious about lifting. And it wasn't like the greatest gym ever, but it was good enough you know yeah. you had a couple racks you had a cable crossover and a few basic machines and it was just interesting because a couple times i did have to go to this the general gym it was completely different atmosphere atmosphere you know the yeah the yeah. private one we could you know play whatever music we wanted so there's just this little lineup where you'd put your cd up there when you came in and once one was done they'd just stick in whatever was the next cd so yeah yeah but very different atmosphere i think just from the there's a barrier that you had to kind of overcome, not much of one, but enough just to kind of keep the people who weren't super serious about it out.
0: Yeah, I mean, at Kent State, there was the Lake Hall weight room, and I mean, it was really just bench pressing, squats. I mean, there was the old universal, you know, like those silvery yeah. plate load things, but like very yep. old school, blaring 80s and 90s rock, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, and how different that was and they would even host like every year they sponsored and hosted like a campus-wide bodybuilding competition and stuff i mean and now yeah the big trend in universities of course are these mega fitness centers and student centers you know and it's it's not the same thing at all uh, so yeah. anyway um number two phil um this is sort of an offshoot of that one trending uh forward crossfit or strength power offshoots of CrossFit, if that makes any sense. That makes sense. I would go with the second,
1: the strength power offshoots. I think CrossFit's on a pretty good downswing, and you're seeing a lot of people exodus from that and try out different things. Mm-hmm. So even even internally, there are people from the CrossFit that are like, eh, "This is neat, but let's try this." And uh, so yeah, I mean, you're seeing the strength sports on a rise, and a lot of it is coming from that. Um, they're getting their taste uh, within CrossFit and then deciding they like this. And you're seeing a lot of the. I would tell. I always tell people the better CrossFit boxes now are all offering more than CrossFit. The ones yeah. that are making it. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, my conversation with Dean Caputo and those guys at the New Powerhouse it echoed exactly what you just said. He just felt oh. like CrossFit was sort of on the way down like on decline mm. in a sense in its
2: native form at least you know
0: yes uh mike same thing i mean you travel so much
2: yeah i mean i would agree with that i would say especially within the last couple of years i mean part of that i think has to do with the way CrossFit has kind of gone about their their business the past mm-hmm. couple of years especially with changes to the games and yeah. um I know the Granite Games here was, was sold to one of the guys who runs Wadapalooza and other things like that. So my my prediction is that the, the Granite Games or what becomes of that will probably replace the CrossFit Games, I think. I know that's kind of a mm. little bit out there, but mm-hmm. I think if something like that happens and CrossFit's a little bit kind of in this weird area where before you could always kind of point to the games and be like, okay, here's a you know, highly competitive arm of this. We may not be doing that, but people... Have exposure to it, they kind of know, you know, what it is. If that kind of goes away or changes, it's I think a little bit of different of an identity too, even if that was never your goal to begin with. And like Phil said, the people I know who run CrossFit gyms, like, you know, some of them I know haven't even renewed their affiliate; they've changed their name, so they don't have to kind of follow any of the the rules per se. Not that there was a whole lot. Oh, and they're offering all sorts of other things now, and even other people who just kept the name. Uh, they have much more variety now. I know CrossFit gyms that have yoga and all sorts of stuff now too. So, yeah. Interesting.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, Number three, just so we can keep moving here. Uh, let me preface this. In fact, I'm going to answer this one first. But the this is a three-parter, physique or performance or health. And I've been reading a lot lately um, – from a exercise and nutrition perspective that more and more people are actually embracing health. Whereas in the past that was such a nebulous goal. Like who wants to exercise their butt off and get up at six o'clock, five o'clock in the morning uh, with some vague notion of lowering their cholesterol. That just, doesn't seem like a huge motivator, but at least with the on, more on the nutrition side, maybe that seems to be a big trend um, on the physique side because we live in sort of a selfie generation, I don't think that's ever going to go away. I mean, let's face it. We've talked about that before. Even powerlifter and performance athletes, they like to have big Mm -hmm. muscles, you know, um, at least a lot of them do, or, you know, be uh, lean and that sort of thing. So I don't think physique will ever go away. Um, I do think it's almost a hybrid though. Like the physique stuff is always going to come with a little bit more of a performance thing than it used to. You know, like if you talk to bodybuilders from the 90s, uh, or earlier, a lot of them would say, listen, I just want to look like I can bench 500 pounds. I really don't mm-hmm. care if I can. Uh, but now I think people do care. They don't want to be all show and no go. Uh, mm-hmm. An old strength coach buddy of mine used to say all show and no go. But in any case, I think health is sort of creeping into it too a little bit because a lot of people are realizing that bodybuilding is something you can do your whole life um, or strength training in general, right? It's the kind of thing where like right now my knees blown out a couple of years ago. I can't jog if I wanted to, I can still go to the bodybuilding gym because there's so many varieties and different types of equipment or exercises. Uh, Phil, what do you think though? Physique versus performance versus health, uh, trending.
1: Just ha, performance has been on a big upswing. I think it's leveling out. I mean, I, like I said, I think that's a lot of the people getting into weightlifting and powerlifting, things like that. Um, but, yeah, I think you're seeing a lot of health stuff, and I think a lot of that has to do with the age of people like me, you, Mike, yeah. Wendler, Mark. We're all reaching that point where it's like, shit, we need to think about living a few <laughs> years longer. <laughs> right. So the people, the people that are the loudest are starting to get older, and we yeah. have to think about that more. So I think that's a lot of it. Is the uh, and there's going to be a whole new generation. Of course, there's a whole new generation of fitness people coming up, but still, the ones that are known the most are now starting to get in their, you know, 40s and 50s. Yeah. So we're starting to think, hey, man, I can't think so much about performance now. I actually need to think about health. So. Yep. Uh, I think you're you're hearing a lot of that. So.
0: I just heard that again. My little trip up to Streetsboro to that new gym about how a lot of the old timers, the most well-known and hardcore guys. Um, I was told they're now 60 and I'm like, yeah, man, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, what about you, Mike physique performance or health?
2: I mean, I would actually say health, um, which is probably the first year I think I've said that. And again, maybe it's because it's my own bias possibly, mm-hmm. but, uh, And I think it'll kind of start with the the crazy, in air quotes, biohackers switching to longevity stuff now seems to be the most popular thing, which that's a whole separate discussion we won't go into right now. But I think that's kind of the bleeding edge of what's considered healthy to some degree. Um, And like Phil said, uh, people getting older and I think with more testing coming out, it's going to be easier to see changes. Um, I think that. There'll be more people kind of and other companies helping people kind of do their own blood work, just mm-hmm. simple stuff you know if you're really training for to reduce your cholesterol, hey now it maybe come to a point where it's pretty inexpensive to run a blood panel every month or every other month or something like that, so you kind of have a little bit more of a marker instead of chasing these nebulous things um, yeah, and I think it also depends on just maybe your own internal goals and like we said we're all kind of getting older. So this could be my bias. And then the last part, too, is I've had some friends like Dr. Ben House and other people present to uh, medical conferences just on basic hypertrophy training for muscle health or kind of muscle centric medicine. Mm -hmm. And it's always kind of shocking to me that to a lot of healthcare professionals, this is pretty new. And I'm not blaming them because they just haven't had any education. And it's not part of the whole medical system really at all. But I think when we live in the exercise physiology world we just assume that this everybody else must know this stuff and the reality right. is they they don't and they just haven't had exposure to it and it's a new thing for a lot of people right yeah
0: no i love it yeah the muscle centric me- medicine i haven't heard that term before said like that but that's that makes a lot of sense totally yeah. um you know i was just watching a couple of videos i might even put them on youtube uh about what's going to happen in the next 10 years but the 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 advances in AI are going to solve a lot of problems. Um, It's literally the next five to 10 years. And I don't just mean self-driving Tesla cars or something like that, because that's coming too. Uh, But in the next 10 years, stuff like the personalized medicine, you know, like targeted immunotherapies uh, to cure different kinds of cancers and things like that. You are, I think in the next 10 years, you're going to see differences because this is also the turn of a decade. Sometimes I forget that, you know, uh, or I think technically it's next year, isn't it? <laughs> I think 2021, but yeah, whatever, te- whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, we're in the 2020s. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be changes that just blow people away in longevity. Um, you know, uh, people literally interfacing their brains, you know, through Neuralink and that kind of stuff with uh, almost unlimited information, stuff like that. It's going to change a lot of things, so. We already
2: see some of that, I would say, in a a negative way from, hey, test your biome, we'll tell you what foods to eat. And we'll test your genetics and tell you exactly what you need to do for exercise. And I think those things have something to, to be related to, of course, but I'd say right now we're just Barely on the bleeding edge of even knowing what to do with that information, mm-hmm. um, so I think in the in the meantime you're going to see a lot of overselling of that when it's probably just not quite ready yet. Right. But I do agree that it's definitely coming. Yeah, not
0: yet yeah. actionable kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, in fact, my parents, I got 23andMe kits for them because they were interested in just different genetic traits. Yeah, you know, oh, they'd it's say, definitely interesting. "Yeah, your X percent." um gene profile similar to this region of the world if you take it with a grain of salt and you don't think it's completely actionable then it's fun right but right now it's more just fun but when it comes to stuff like take some cells out of your bloodstream treat them in different biomedical ways put them back in and now kill your cancer wow <laughs> that's a yeah, big deal yeah. that's a big deal um yeah okay but that's not one year from now that's sort of uh, reaching out uh next question Fulfill gender or age as far as being in the fitness spotlight? Because we just talked about how we're aging and it's our bias, but which of the two are going to take the spotlight? Like sex, like boy girl, or age? (laughs) (laughs) Gender. Gender will never. It's always the women. You know, if you want
1: to, just looking at this, I mean, if you look at social media, if I put up a picture of one of my dudes squatting 900 pounds. Or I put up a picture of one of my ladies doing, like, kettlebell swings. The the women's one is going to get more hits. Yes. It just is. You know, and I can't change that. You know, it doesn't matter what I do. Right, yeah. Um, There's a reason why influencers and stuff are greatly female. So. Mm -hmm. uh, And even now, I mean, I think the females being in powerlifting is the biggest reason why it's bigger. It oh, yeah. uh, has more yeah. spotlight on it, yeah. you know, and they're more enjoyable to watch in my opinion right now because the men's records right now, maybe once a year you'll see a world record broken. But the females are on such an upswing that it it's constantly something new is being done. So it's more interesting.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, the raw equity aspect of it all, too. Like, why wouldn't yeah. women do these things, you know, and it's OK to have a, a big muscular um but uh, you know or back or or whatever and sort of embracing almost different value system kind of uh, what about you mike as far as gender or age in trends as far as fitness spotlight
2: yeah i mean i i agree with phil i mean i think that's probably not really gonna change that much <laughs> yeah. um i was at a conference actually a few months ago and uh, just people who were at the conference. We were just hanging out, having some barbecue down in, in Texas, and was talking to the one person. She just happened to be sitting next to me, and she's like, "I said, oh, where are you from?" I said, "I noticed you have an accent." She's like, "Oh, I'm from Russia. I live in L.A. or whatever." And got her name, and she's even very nice, whatever. And and later, someone's like, "You don't know who that is?" I'm like, "No, I have no idea who that is." <laughs> you look her up on Instagram, and she's got I don't know how many like millions of followers, you know, and it's basically just the standard thing you would expect to see on Instagram, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think unless you're the rock or something like that, you're you're gonna see that many followers and we can debate later if that's really actionable or not. But I also think like Phil said it's it's exciting to watch. I mean what Steffi Cohn just broke some other record again recently again. Um but so I think it's also more because, you know, people want to see records broken and right now. It's more female athletes are doing that than male athletes, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, from my perspective, a lot of it is niche specific. So I, I don't think I disagree with either of you guys. But like, for example, enhanced female bodybuilding has been gone for years. I mean, I <laughs> not to offend a lot of people, but, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it, the way it used the way it evolved to, let's say, into the 90s. Um, is just kind of gone but that doesn't mean that women's physique isn't a big deal so some yeah. of it is you know again niche specific like that i would think though that overall fitness wellness age is getting more and more momentum as far as people in their 50s they look like people used to in their 40s or 30s oh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah and they're more interested in saying hey i'm not willing to just Throw in the towel here, you know kind of thing, and you see that in some of the cheesy supplement commercials on t v and everything else, and like Phil said, maybe it's just the aging population, or maybe it's it is my bias, like you guys, as we get older, we're surrounded by other older guys from our generation, you know or gals, um, but yeah, I think both of these things are sort of trends
1: i'll agree on i'll agree on that one I mean one thing that me and my wife talk about a lot is I think our generation of people compared to our parents' generation takes a lot more stock in their own care yes you know i see my parents generation what do they do they go directly to the doctor and get whatever pill the doctor says yes whereas you see people in our generation take more like hey what can i do about
0: this yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah being part of your own health care and grab one hand on the steering wheel kind of thing yeah i think that's what we do because we're better informed because of the internet or whatever unfortunately sometimes we're misinformed because of the internet well yeah of course Uh, you know but yeah for sure uh, the last one before break, raw or equipped as far as 2020? Phil. I'm the, everybody's going to follow me. I'm going to be a trendsetter. <laughs> you turn. Back to equipped.
1: I put on my squat suit for the first time Wednesday and squat on it. So once I start putting up Instagram videos, it's over. It's all going equipped, baby. Right back you know, to equipped. Um, <laughs> I think – I was amazed to hear this, but – Talking to people that made the uh, that were on the inside of that West Side versus the World uh, movie, that equipped lifting, the number of people doing it has not changed. Really? Uh, uh. Yeah, one would think it would be greatly down. No, down, what happened right. is raw has just exploded. Uh. Um, so it's it's overshadowed, but uh, I think it's you're not going to stop the uh, raw is just too inviting. It's open to anybody. Um, there's zero cost general i mean in general like you don't have to have a belt to do it you can just go in and lift um whereas with the equipped stuff it's like you need training partners that know what the hell they're doing you need people to help you in your suit you need this you need that um you need the money to buy these things they wear out you need to buy another one um yeah so i think i I think the huge upswing in in raw lifting is is not going to stop i mean I think the the equip lifting is on a downswing or just maybe just stagnant, but it's fun. It's fun to try something new. Like I said, I got in my suit for the first time and I'll get in there today and actually do something kind of heavy, but I went up to just 500 pounds on Wednesday and, uh, yeah, I'll throw some wraps on with it today and see what's up. Yeah. Felt good though, huh? Yeah. I felt real good. I mean, it's very supportive of my hips with where they're at. So it'll be, and it's fun at this age to try something like it's time to learn something new. (laughs) oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's
0: neat yeah it's something different so mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: mike what about you raw versus equipped i mean you could talk about almost any strength or muscle sport but raw versus equipped
2: yeah i would still say i would still say raw i mean i think equipped kind of has a potential where the biggest lifts ever done are probably going to still be equipped the the downside is as a technology gets further and further advanced, the ability for anybody to relate to that, it just goes out the window, right? Yes. So it's like some guy in a triple ply canvas that take four big dudes with eyeballs to stick him into a suit that goes down four inches. And I agree, it's incredibly impressive, not anywhere close to anything I'll ever do in my lifetime. But to the average person watching, they're like, what? What? what, what, what is all that stuff? Like, what's going on? You know, you see someone go up with basically no equipment and do, you know, something that's less, that's kind of more relatable, right? It's like strong men. People were way more impressed that I flipped a 400 pound tire years ago than I pulled 400 in a deadlift. Oh my God, you flipped a 400 pound tire. I'm like, that's a pretty small tire. Actually. That's amazing. And it's like the average, <laughs> average person has like no frame of reference really. So to see lifts being done raw, I think makes it more relatable it makes it more inviting, like Phil said. You don't have to have all this other stuff. You know, you can just start um, lifting without a huge impetus to everything else. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would think the more fiddly bits of any kind is going to make people worry. Like, I don't want to look like a fool. Yeah. Am I using this wrong? You know, or did I buy the wrong thing and just waste two hundred dollars?
2: You know, kind of yeah, thing. Plus like the that. investment, and just it's, it's, there's more things, moving parts to get into it. Yeah.
0: Uh, You know, from a bodybuilding perspective, I'm not sure there was really that in the same manner. There was a lot of uh, extraneous equipment per se. I mean, you know, stuff like straps, wrist straps and things like that, maybe um, knee wraps, that kind of thing. Um, I would think if the population gets older, they might embrace different kinds of equipment, but that's almost for orthopedic (laughs) kinds of reasons, you know. Okay, let's go to break. When we come back, I've got some uh, nutrition and supplementation questions for the guys. Uh, and we'll be back.
1: Hello, dear ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, you know who this is. Uh, so I'm here to tell you about uh, Dr. Mike T. Nelson's uh, new book, uh, Why You Should Eat Keto." I don't do it because, I mean, look at me, come on, I'm fabulous and I'm fantastic. Anyway, you should text the uh, Keto eBook all in one word to 44222 to receive your free copy. Do it! Do it now! I can't stop feeling. Some of us don't understand how lucky we are to be living in this. Land. Hi listeners, this is Rob Fortress fortney I'm here to remind you that as the holiday season approaches and your thoughts turn to giving, we like
2: you to keep iron rated in your thoughts.
0: Over the past several years, there have been hundreds of listener comments hoping that Iron Radio stays on the air for years to come. Iron Radio is here for you. But as with any public radio-type format, the show is listener-supported. That's where you come in. For just $4 a month, you become a supporting member, keeping your weekly dose of education, experts, and gym talk flowing. Just go to
2: www.ironradio.org and click on the $4 monthly subscribe button near the bottom of the page.
0: Or... Click the Donate button at the right of the page for a one-time donation. You are the Iron Brotherhood and Sisterhood.
1: Of course, not everyone can afford to be a supporting member or a significant one-time donor. But for those of you willing to pitch in, $4 per month or $50 just once, we're about to sweeten the deal. Become a supporting member or major donor between now and January, and a limited number of you will receive a gift worth over $20. And we will never forget our existing supporters. Simply email me via ironradio.org, and I'll send you a free seminar from Dr. Lowry on how to significantly and realistically boost your testosterone levels. Help your iron brothers and sisters who cannot pitch in but deserve better internet programming in our sports. And happy holidays.
0: All right, everyone. We're back in 2020. So Iron Radio discussion, the second half of this show here, as far as the uh, quick-fire prediction-type questions. Uh, Mike, let's start with you on this one. Uh, We just had some guests on the show, but diet trend for the coming year or so. Keto or paleo?
2: Oh, man. I'd probably still have to go with keto. I mean, I think I – I think paleo, just like anything else, right? So At some point, something gets so big, it just fractured into smaller pieces, right? And I think that's kind of where CrossFit is at. The peak was probably a couple of years ago, and what you're seeing now is just fracturing into smaller pieces. I think the same thing with paleo. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the same thing will happen with keto probably by the end of this year. It's kind of my prediction. And I think maybe keto would be replaced by carnivore. Right. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. fitness industry has something where we have to be more extreme. You know, I was doing some fasting stuff 12 years ago. My prediction was, eh, I don't know, fasting will ever be a thing, but it probably will because it's more extreme. And when that happens, you're going to see longer and longer fast just for the hell of it. Oh, I did 32 hours. Oh, I did a seven day. Oh, I did a five day. You know, just almost as this inevitable pissing match to see who can be more hardcore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> discipline kind of thing.
1: I barely yeah. hear the word paleo anymore. But yeah. like, I was sitting down in a Mexican restaurant on Wednesday and two older people behind me were like, "Yep, that starts tomorrow. I got to get back in ketosis and blah 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 blah."
0: <laughs> yeah. I think so. there that's really se- seeped into the mainstream a lot, right? I mean, yeah. um when Atkins was so popular, which was very much like I think precursor to what people now call ke- uh, keto, I would think. Yep. Um it i i once read in a marketing journal that adkins brand name recognition was the highest of any product in history and that's wow. kind of amazing yeah, um, it is. and if you think about that it's partly because you do get immediate benefits a lot of people might think it's fat loss when in fact it's just glycogen and water loss for the first week or something but um yeah, lower. I think it's almost like what CrossFit did to strength training. What keto does, or Paleo, or some of these other diets, is they introduce people to lower carbohydrate diets, and I mm-hmm. think that has a lot of advantage from aging and just a lot of perspectives, actually. Um, so, but like Mike Got said, the, the fracturing comment, I like that a lot. That's mm-hmm. that that is what people in our in our sports, because discipline is part of lifting. We automatically almost over-embrace, and like you said, it becomes a pissing match kind of thing. Well, and
1: also money.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's the
1: other part I was going to say. Yeah, Products. it's money. There. Yeah, it's pro- and, and somebody within that larger organization decides they need, deserve more money, so they start their own, and you see it, you've seen it in powerlifting, you've seen it in kettlebells, like kettlebells for the longest time, when we were all young and just getting together, going in this, it was all RKC. Yeah. And then, <laughs> And then it fractured into all this other stuff, <laughs> and all it's follow the money, you know. Right. So yep. everything fractures off eventually, and yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. And I think that was a boom to keto, having you know ketogenic salts, esters, other products that you know do have some legitimacy behind them. I mean, they will increase beta-hydroxybutyrate levels. I think they're all you know almost completely misused by the mass you know public and overpromised. Um, but having a, a product that's new and unique, and people take it, and they feel like, oh, my appetite's a little less. I feel like my brain works better. You know, all those things then, you know, drive everything because there's, you know, like Phil said, money behind it now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, it's it's almost like the 23andMe
0: or some of these genetic things too. Some of this stuff we don't know yet, right? Like when it comes to, like you said, like supplemental ketosis kind of thing. Um, is beta hydroxybutyrate a side effect of poorly oxidized fat that you mobilized right or is it is it in itself something that has an effect on your brain or other tissues you know as a molecule uh and i think a lot of that stuff is still being teased apart of course but uh, okay uh the next one um phil plant or animal foods as far as fitness trends and gen pop (sighs) health trends animal
1: Animal, you're seeing the carnivore thing start to take off, and that's, like, all 100% animal all the time. Um, (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) It's
0: 50% more extreme. Right, Um, backlash, right? Yeah.
1: And that's – me and my wife were talking about this. It's like we poo-poo the – the people in the fitness industry generally look down upon the food pyramid. But honestly, if you look at it, if Jan Pop, who who it's pointed at, just ate by that, we would be markedly better. But it's not extreme. You know, and it's always these super extreme things. I'm going to eat nothing but beef leg for the next year. You know, and it's people tie onto that. So, yeah, uh, largely, sadly, it's not sustainable because of how extreme it is, and that's why you see so many people dump off of it. They never learn how to to just eat for life. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. but it works in the short term. So, yeah, and they latch onto a group. They they they're part of something.
0: That's interesting perspective, uh, because I think that's that's a unique counterculture you're going to see first among the lifters, like the carnivore type stuff, um, yeah. like the Golden Globes. I just heard the awards they're boasting that they're serving only plant foods, the entire yeah. menu. <laughs> and, you know, and if you look at plant proteins are all the rage and that concerns yeah. me a little because they're just more incomplete by by their nature mm-hmm. um, and that kind of thing. So I, I would say in one sense, I would I would. Disagree, but again, it depends on the population, right? Because yes, the Gen Pop the,
1: within the fitness population, I think you're seeing a push towards meat. But yeah, I agree. Within Gen Pop, you're seeing this plants, 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 plants. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: and you know, honestly, vegetarianism it arguably is not always the most sustainable either from a global health and no. land, land use perspective. Yeah. And, and you would think it, it is, but it's not necessarily. What about you, Mike? So we all bump into different you know people as we go through yeah. life. Plant
2: or animal? I, I'm going to take a weasel word answer, and I'm going to go with the bimodal distribution. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that uh. both of them are going to go up, but in probably different areas, and then they're just going to bash each other, which is going to drive both of them back up. Yeah. Right, So you're going to see the plant people going at the carnivore people, and that's going to make the average person more interested in potentially picking one side or the other so we all like tribalism we all want to have something that we can hang our hat on and say i'm a plant-based person or i only eat animal products and unfortunately i think it's just going to escalate and the average person is just going to be confused as hell
0: confused (laughs) yes you know that that's what happened with the gluten thing Because gluten-free, gluten-free, but then as health food stores got into low-carb, a lot of the low-carb breads are heavy on the gluten, right? Because that's protein. Mm -hmm. And they would kind of boast, oh, more protein. It's like, yeah, but that's gluten. And then people walk into the health food store and just get confused as hell. Like, I thought gluten was bad. Now it's good? Anyway. um, uh, Similar to that, Phil, I'm interested in your perspective because you're there in like sort of the heartland. um, I guess arguably Mike and I are too, except we're just more north, but... Um, genetically modified and tech-produced tech, tech produced foods or natural organic foods?
1: God. I th- in the short term, I think you're still going to see it push towards more natural organic foods, Um, at least within the fitness industry. I honestly think that the gen pop people just don't really give a shit. I think the mass percentage of the population doesn't care about their diet at all. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I think within our our subset uh you're seeing still a more push towards natural and organic and things like that and they don't people can't they can't grasp that it's all about being part of a group they can't grasp that something changed can be good yeah yeah and that's kind of weird you know and
0: I I've always agreed with you it's like a little bit of both you know yeah so No, I understand. Um, I mean, I I think I've mentioned this in the past, and I I show some um, evidence on this in in the classroom, but the FDA, God, it was more than a decade ago, they actually issued a warning that natural does not equal good, right? And if something is synthetic, it doesn't equal bad. And I always use the the funny analogy of a poison ivy salad. Natural? Yes. Would you eat it? No. No, yeah. (laughs) You know, kind of thing, but – what about you, Mike? What do you think GMO and tech modified, right? And tech modified could be everything from lab grown meats to who knows what, right? Versus the natural organic thing.
2: If I had to pick, I'd still say kind of natural organic, but oddly enough, a lot of big food companies, like we saw even at IFT a couple of years ago, are using technology to make "quote unquote" like the industry word is a clean label, right? They're trying to get away from the word natural, like you talked about um but they're using would we have like a stevia taste testing of like three different types of stevia and nope now stevia is out and we can't use because that's you know that's a modified thing it's a chemical mm-hmm. it's bleach um, It's bleach, right with just <laughs> extra molecules on it right cheese <laughs> um you know so now it's monk fruit or you know mm-hmm. whatever and i think a lot of those things are a, a good thing i mean if I'm a consumer, I look at it, and it doesn't have a bunch of weird colors and other stuff in it that, you know, I know where it comes from, yeah, I, I will, admit mm-hmm. I'm probably more likely to yep. buy it. Um, but I think that trend is just kind of going to continue, but it's always odd to me because a lot of it is actually driven by technology.
0: <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, and, you know, food technologists, food science is not nutrition, what, what I do, right? Nutrition no. is, or Mike, we we, we do... After you swallow, right? The (laughs) food scientists are sort of the before you swallow. And the the food technology industry has done great things and real blunders over the decades. Like, you know, developing trans fat margarine to replace real butter. That was a blunder. Mm, Whoops, you know. And for the longest time, people thought that was actually a healthier alternative, right, to the saturated fat butter. And now we realize, oh, man, not so much. You know, and there's a lot of things like that. I would argue that the um, very low fat or fat-free peanut butter was kind of a blunder, right? You take the healthy mono and saturated fat out, and what do you put in? Sugar and filler. It's like, well, that was stupid, you know? Yeah. Uh, and yet there have been really good things, too, and some of them even genetically modified. So there's definitely pros and cons uh, with technology, and we have a, a checkered track record <laughs> of messing mm-hmm. with Mother Nature in that way, but... Yeah, when it comes to things like lab grown meat or vertical farming, people can go look that up. I mean, there's some very interesting things as far as I mean, agriculture feeds the vast majority of human beings on this planet. And we can't completely ignore it. Uh you know, that kind of thing. So
2: yeah, I think GMO will be a bigger issue because of the labeling that we talked about in the past episode around it. And I think that will come up quite a bit this coming year is my prediction.
0: Yeah, I'm actually um I would side uh, with GMO if I had to. Um, I, 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 like we were talking about ecosystem and stuff, there are definitely concerns filling weird niches that you know and bumping out naturally evolved you know um, plants or even animals or insects in that area. And there's a lot of kind of ecosystem things. Personally, I'm not a big fan of the GMO-free label that's on everything. I think that's more marketing um, oh, yeah. than it is you know any kind of demonstrable health detriment that you would get from eating something that was, in fact, a tweak genetically. Um, but, you know, I guess time will tell. Uh, uh, moving down the list, though, um, Phil, uh, drugs or supplements or specialty diets, which which is going to be the trend?
1: Drugs, supplements, or specialty diets? Oh, God. It's supplements three, right? are kind of on a downturn. I think it's specialty – of all those – I I can't deny drugs are still there and they always will be they just won't be talked about as much just like normal so (laughs) that's the only difference Yeah. Uh, so as far as media goes definitely specialty diets Um, again it's being part of a group so Mm -hmm. that's the main thing and then hidden behind that is the drugs like oh it was carnivore that turned me this way it wasn't the two grams of trend (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so oh, the drugs will be <laughs> hidden behind the specialty diets
0: right so. yeah ignore the fact the guy's got trend cough <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: so i think it'll be the specialty diets is the thing you'll hear about the most I, i'm
0: i'm on board with that too um it, it's definitely the special specialty diets in many ways i think uh, the dietary supplements aren't going to go anywhere either but i think as far as the d- discussions around the gym and that kind of stuff it's more often yeah what diet your specialty diet you're on not what herbal testosterone booster you're hoping for you know as far as a pill or powder kind of thing uh mike what about you drugs or supplements or specialty diets
2: i mean i would probably agree with what you guys said just from the it's a weird thing because if you see someone in the gym who's made you know let's say unrealistic changes it's probably chemically assisted, especially if they've been, you know, lifting for quite a while and we're not just brand new to it and that kind of thing. There's always a freaks, hyper responders and stuff. But then they have to tell you about what their either fancy new Russian-based training program was or what their crazy specialty diet was. And that, unfortunately, I think further perpetuates those kind of things, right? Just open any supplement ad, right? Some you know, bodybuilder who's obviously chemically enhanced, showing you, oh, it's this new supplement I took that this is the reason for it. It's like, OK, whatever. Right. Um, but we forget that, you know, a lot of people are new to the, the sport and the industry and that's what they see. And that's kind of what their impression is. And I, I do think drugs probably won't be talked about because they just historically have not been. Although mm-hmm. maybe that's changing a little bit with, you know, Russia getting thrown out of the Olympics and a bunch <laughs> of other stuff. Um, but I do think now, especially with, uh, peptides and research chemicals and stuff like that, that are definitely more in the gray area that we don't really have a lot of data behind, but we also know that you you know, testing is probably quite a ways behind. So I think there will be a, a big expansion in that kind of new area of underground stuff. Um, but again, in terms of mass uh, media and public, I don't think people are going to hear about that.
1: I was just going to say, I think we all lived through the heyday of the supplement industry. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. we're not going to see that big again. It was huge. Oh, you okay. know, remember the Olympia when all it was was supplement companies. Right. And yeah. And things like that. And we lived through that era, and then all the bans came out and the restrictions, and we're, we're never going to reach that area again, where you can make shit on your kitchen counter and yeah. have a company. Right. right. Yes. Right.
2: <sighs> so,
0: um. I- I was just going to comment that, um, I think, uh, to Mike's point, uh, that's just what I was thinking. If you remember, like when I was talking about how there, it used to be almost a, a, secret club, good old boys network, the power lifters and bodybuilders, uh, and a lot of the dietary supplement stuff has gone in a similar trend from that group toward gen pop. Like for example, what used to be, well, like pro hormones, and then you got these, like, designer steroids or these investigational new drugs that were adrenergic agents, right, adrenaline-like compounds, like variations yeah. on ephedrine or clenbuterol and uh, all these what a lot of people call asthma drugs or uh, peptides, like you said, Mike. And, and now with SARMs, right, that yeah. brings a lot of stuff into this. People are willing, and I don't just mean the, the, the good old boys network, good old girls network. I mean the gen pop. Um, mm-hmm. young interested people are willing to experiment with stuff that could be pretty dangerous and sketchy because mm-hmm. the very thing that makes it not illegal or legal makes it um, uh, potentially uninformed dangerous yes right yeah. it leaves us uninformed and potentially in a dangerous situation yeah yes. but so i mean that's where i think a lot of the drugs are going for it even not just peptides or or designer steroids or SARMs, but even like nootropics and stuff like that, people are willing to try stuff. Like one paper comes out on this, you know, um, analog or this chemically modified version of something that's a known drug. And then, yeah, a lot of young people are actually just trying it. And I'm like,
1: oh, yeah, like you said, it's all about being not misinformed, non-informed. Yeah. And they're, they're like, <laughs> right. well, nothing, nothing says it's bad for you, so I'll take it. Yeah, but nothing says it's safe. Yes. You know? It's because nothing says anything. It doesn't mean you should take it. Right. You know, it's not
0: studied at all. Right. It sounds edgy so, and hardcore, but in fact, yeah. what happens when it's like some of those designer, like pre and pro steroids and pro hormones that came out, like if it's all secondary sexual characteristics. Oh, no, and uh, I'm hairy and acne and a swollen prostate, and it didn't do yeah. a damn thing for my muscles. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. My um, liver's
2: twice the size. Whoops. Right, yeah. exactly. I've scarred my liver forever. Great. Um, yeah. And anyway. I think that's the downside. People a lot of times will confuse that if it's legal or illegal, that, oh, well, this is you know quasi-legal. It must be safe. It's like, yeah. no, not not at all. I mean, you could easily argue that we have way more data on testosterone, which yes. is technically kind of considered illegal for most sports than any of the other SARMs that are out just because mm-hmm. we have actual data on it. Right. Yeah. So that's yes. what makes me kind of nervous, And especially with the peptide stuff. Like people I know in the industry will flat out tell you that 80, maybe 90 percent of the peptides that are sold are probably just trash anyway, because yeah. if you're an unscrupulous company, yeah. You know, it's not in your probably best interest to, you know, do all the nice things with manufacturing and everything else and traceability and whatever. If you can just sell something, people buy it. And then you mm-hmm. kind of close shop and pop up under a different name right. somewhere
0: else. Yeah. Yeah. Not just dangerous chemical tweaks, but yeah, uh, contaminants and stuff like that. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Especially sure.
2: if you're doing injectable stuff. Oh, Eek. God. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I just wanted to say one last thing on this question before we move on. But I, I think uh, once Tim Patterson said something that I thought was very true, he's like, regardless of your training program, right, is a, a an adhered to hard training program is such a potent stimulus uh, mm-hmm. that it almost doesn't matter which training program you're on. I mean, as far as doing – picking one and doing it relatively properly, but to to the point about the drug supplements and specialty diets – People in our field, they have such a po- exercise is such a potent stimulus um, oh, yeah. for fat loss and muscle gain that they can they can attribute it to a supplement or a, a investigational mm-hmm. med or a diet when in fact no you're just training your ass off bro yep. you know uh, so something to think about
2: yeah there's a peer review article I read recently that's talking about how the placebo effect with athletes is just very high and I'd be super interested to see I don't know if IRB would ever approve it but A study where it's basically both are placebo compounds, but the price is different, you know, because if you're spending, say, two hundred dollars on some crazy supplement per month, odds are you're probably going to eat better and train a lot better, too. You know, it's going to maybe see positive effects just because of that, too. And there's like two or three studies that did um, placebo with steroids. And what they showed was pretty remarkable gains, even though it was a placebo but mm-hmm. they told them it was a steroid <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so that's always fascinating i remember
0: that i remember reading that paper yeah. years ago and people made yeah, yeah um, definitely above normal gains right because oh, yeah. they sure. they thought yeah yeah last one uh and this is very broad and again this is just i know these are seemingly closed ended but the point is like i said seeds for conversation so phil um technology or old school just in general. So this could be like monitoring yourself with a device versus a training log. It could be new materials in support gear versus old school. Um, do you think trends are going to be more tech, tech embraced or old school?
1: Depends on the population you're in. Gen pop, definitely tech because like we talked about earlier, the Peloton and things like that and the mirror that's out now. Have you guys seen that thing? Like you basically no, stand it. there. It's this, Body length mirror, you stand in front of them, there's a person on there telling you what to do. Um, oh, So you I heard go through like that. a fitness program right yeah. there and you sign up, it's $30 a month. You have personal trainers and they walk you through a program. So Gen Pop definitely towards the uh, technology. I think you're still seeing within like strength sports and stuff, uh, it becomes, it keeps, it keeps becoming more and more old school. Like, let's simplify shit. And, mm-hmm. like, it really worked. Look, those guys got strong back in the days with barely weights, you know, <laughs> and things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh,
0: I guess from you, Phil, I was curious about new materials, too, like it, an old neoprene knee sleeve versus some new fancy material or something that replaced denim. Oh, there's denim. always something
1: pushing you know? there. Yeah, there's yeah. always something. Everybody's always trying to push push the envelope. It's like, I had a conversation with about, you know, some guy was asking me about my dent shirt and suit. And, like, how they were originally, as uh, I was explaining, they were originally were supportive gear to help you last longer. And, like, Cone will tell you he got, like, 20 pounds out of his shirt and maybe 40 pounds out of his suit. And then, of course, then it became a business. And then yeah. it was always what can get tougher, 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 tougher. And it just offshooted into this thing that was no longer about safety and support and about how much you can move. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How far can we push this thing? And that will always be relevant. You know, it's just like drag racing. You know, the first time it happened, then, well, let's start tinkering. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what do we
0: got to do to make this thing faster?
1: Right. So um, that'll always be <clears throat> relevant. So, yeah.
0: Sometimes I wonder if, I mean, there are traditional materials or ways to monitor things like a diet log or a training log. And I just think they're always going to be valid in one sense. Like maybe it's just cotton or old school neoprene or whatever, you know, and, Uh, Yeah, maybe it is a gen pop versus a competitor type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mike, what about you? I mean, I know you're as an engineer and you do a lot of monitoring and that kind of stuff. Tech versus old school as a forward-looking trend.
2: Yeah, I agree with Phil. I'd say general population is always looking at whatever the next technological thing is. And I think if you're younger, that's probably more true because, I mean – and you can attest to this too, Lonnie, and even probably the people you train, Phil, that the students I teach have never known what it's like to not have the internet. Mm. So I think they're almost used to technology solving a lot of problems. So I think that's kind of the expectation. Or maybe some of the uh, older curmudgeon lifters like ourselves are, I think, going more backwards. And I think you're actually seeing a little bit more backlash against technology, whether that's um, velocity-based training, or I get, anytime someone writes an article why they don't like heart rate variability, it gets sent to me. <laughs> um, and I think that it's it's interesting, but I think with the technology part is, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've tested because you know I'll buy stuff and play around with it because I'm interested in it. Yeah, I I've got a whole basket full of stuff here I don't really use anymore per se. Um I still use HRV and some other stuff that's useful but I think it can be a benefit if you're trying to figure out uh why but I think most people are trying to do it as a prediction of the future. Mm-hmm. Hey if I do this thing will it will predict if I have a good day at the gym or not. Probably not. We're probably not going to ever get to the point where one thing is going to predict your performance per se. Um so I think technology will still be there but I think you're seeing people kind of just going back to the basics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My pet peeve is as much as I love technology and I've got a fricking moxie and a metabolic cart sitting in my kitchen, um, people want to use technology to skip the basics, right? Just go to any big gym and like, how many people even wrote down what they did? It's like, if you're not even following the concepts of (laughs) overload, just don't worry about measuring 17 other things when you wake up in the morning. So, but I think we're getting back to that area.
1: And from the practical standpoint, which I can speak from you know, being a gym owner and this and that, I can tell you that the people that are performing the best and making the biggest gains are the ones that are just simply doing it. Oh, yeah. Just simply working hard, going old school and just hard work. And the ones that are messing around with technology the most and doing the latest stretching and this and that, they're the weakest. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Just work hard. Just go fucking work hard. Right. And it'll happen, you know. And that's really what, what changes you. In the end, like you talked about with Tim Patterson, it's just doing something with a purpose will get you great results. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, uh, One last thing for you, Phil, and then we'll we'll be done, I guess. But you still write shit down, don't you? <laughs> like you don't use yeah, Excel. I,
1: I, I can't. I just write on paper Yeah. As for everybody. It's like, yeah. So yeah. I like it better that way. And, but I'm also – I don't – if I have a choice, I'm going to read a paper book, not an e-book.
0: You know? Yeah. I wonder how much of that is generational too, you know, like audiobook versus read a book, um, or excel versus write it down. You know, mm-hmm. it, it'd be interesting. I live, off,
1: I live off notes, and yeah, I got. I'm looking at fifty pages with scribbled stuff on them in front of me.
0: Right. So. No, exactly. That's like I like to scribble in the margin and make notes and draw arrows. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. it helps
2: me retain it. You know. Yeah. So. especially with clients I train, I I try to tell them I'm like in. I sometimes get a lot of pushback on this, too, that, yeah, I'll update your training stuff electronically just because it's easier for me to track, but when you go to the gym, my preference is just get an old-school notebook, write it down before you go in, and if you want to log some stuff electronically after for record-keeping, that's what I do, that's fine, but I just don't even like people being on their phone and having to try to update it, and (laughs) I get some text messages of, oh, I couldn't update this field when i'm at the gym and it's like man even having to go on your phone and switch Mm -hmm. tasks like 52 times just to log your training i don't know it just maybe i'm old and curmudgeony but it just feels backwards and i think you're not getting the most productive thing you could out of that session yeah
0: i like the idea of the old school stuff when you write stuff down instead of something being automatically logged for example is you're pumping the brakes and you're becoming aware of it you know and to me there's 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 an advantage in that
2: but and you can quickly go back and look too I mean I have you know electronic stuff but in a notebook I just transferred to a new notebook so I filled mm-hmm. up my other one already I have little notes in the back of you know what are my kind of PRs on stuff I'm trying to achieve and there's always something cool about oh wow I did more reps okay cool I get to put a little entry in the back of the notebook now you know and just yeah. to, at any glance I can flip back to you know especially when I travel I'd flip back to four months ago when I was at that same location at the same gym so mm-hmm. now I can compare equipment to see where I'm at too. So mm-hmm.
0: control. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right, everybody. Well, there's your, um,
0: you know, just quick fire, prediction type questions uh, out of us. So um, you know, have a good 2020. We'll see you next yeah. week. Yeah. You know. And be all. Thanks a lot.